When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Pauly Shore performs live at the DC Comedy Loft tonight, tomorrow, and Saturday in Washington, DC. He joined me to discuss his career from Encino Man to Biodome to Pauly Shore is Dead. Hey, Pauly Shore, hey, thanks so much for calling into WTOP. All good. What's up, my man? Hey, we're excited to welcome you back to the nation's capital. You're going to be coming to the D.C. Comedy Loft on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So three days in a row. No excuse, people, not to get your tickets. Um, you've never played this venue before, right? It said it was your loft debut. The last place I played there was, was it Club 360? What's it called? I forgot the name of it. Oh, uh, 930 Club, maybe? Yeah, there it is. There it is. There it is. It, uh, you, were pretty, you were pretty close. It was just like triple the number or something. <laughs> That's how long it's been since I've been there. Yeah, exactly. Where's How's that? the 930 Club? Is it still there? It's still there, yeah. They, well, they moved to a new location, so that 930 is not the address anymore. But funny you mentioned that. They're going to open a, a replica of the old 930 Club right across the street. So, yeah, you're timely on your news there. There you go. Well, See? cool. Whenever I have comedians on, it's always tricky because I don't want to spoil your punchlines. But maybe we could say, you know, what sort of material do you dive into? Like personal life stuff, any political stuff for D.C. or what we got? I don't know. I mean, I'm the kind of comic that doesn't know where he's going to go. You know what I mean? My <laughs> whole life and my whole career has been kind of like very spontaneous. So I got to feel the stage. Once I get on the stage, then the, the, the audience will tell me where to go. You know, I don't I, I don't. I don't, I don't sit there and look at my notes before I go on. I just kind of like rock and roll, you know? That's the best way because it feels, you know, in the moment and spontaneous anyway. I think audiences probably appreciate that anyway than something planned out. Um, well, you have good instincts for it, though, because you you basically been grew up all around it, right? Like, didn't your parents, you know, own, own the, the comedy store there in L.A., grew up in Beverly Hills? And when did you do your first stand-up? I guess it was age 17 in Culver City. So was this something you always knew that you were going to do based on, you know, your, your folks doing it and everything? Like, was this always the dream? Well, I have brothers and a sister, and they, they didn't get into it. So, you know, it's, I mean, for me, you know, I got half my mom. I mean, we're, we're pretty much half our parents, you know what I mean? We're we're kind of like split in two with our parents. But, you know, my mom is kind of like very intense with her work. And my dad was comedian. So I don't know. I'm kind of like, a, I don't know. I, I, I'm a, like kind of Frankenstein where I'm like a combination of both my parents. I just, for me, I just love making people happy. And that that's kind of like what, what gets me off. You know, it's kind of in my veins. So I got the bug growing up in it. And uh, it's weird. I'm 55 and I'm still just in. I'm just as into it now as I was, you know, 10, 15 years ago. I mean, I mean, I get on a plane. I'm flying on a plane all the way from Los Angeles to see you guys. That's a long flight, you know, and, and 
that's not that enjoyable. But once I get on that stage, this, there's the reason, you know? Yeah, you got to be committed to it if you're going to, you know, fly all over the country to different yeah, cities pe- doing it. Yeah, people always ask me about that. And I'm like, you know, it can't, it's stand up comedy is a way of life. It's not a job, it's not a hobby. And if you kind of come at it with the, you know, expectation, like things are going to, you know, work out, if you just kind of do it half fast, it's not going to happen. It's, it's just, you know, it's a seven days a week, 24 hours. It's, it's always on my mind. I just love it. You know, I love getting on stage and I love messing with people and doing my <laughs> shtick. Yeah. <laughs> we love it. Well, I mean, we, I mentioned, you know, your, your dad, Sammy Shore, your mom, Mitzi Shore and the comedy uh, store. Did you, do you have any good stories of, you know, being a kid at the comedy store, watching any famous acts coming through there? Like I know Sam Kennison um, mentored you at once you started getting into it, but even before that, like, was there anyone um, you remember going and watching as a kid and just like dying laughing? <laughs> well, I mean, it's just, it's weird because, you know, I'm there now and I watch the comedians. I was just there last night. Okay. And, you know, I watch the comedians on stage now. I mean, this is kind of to, to divert your question, but go for it. Where my head's at. <laughs> divert away. <laughs> yeah, divert, yeah, divert away. Um, you know, it's just so different now. You know, it's so different because, like, you know, back in the day, I would I would be in the original room at the comedy store and I'd watch guys like Robin Williams or Sam or, you know, Letterman or all these guys. And now I'm watching these these other kids and it's just they're so fucking lazy. You know what I mean? And <laughs> it's, just, it's just like, oh, God, you know, and I'm not saying they're bad. I'm just saying my eyeballs have seen the best. Right. So it's I'm kind of jaded, you know, when it comes to the new comedians. Because I feel bad because I want to say, oh, these guys are great and and everyone's so funny. But it's just, oh, you know, I'm not saying I'm so great, but I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about the other comedians, you know, the comedians your eyes have seen. I mean, once you've seen Robin Williams, rest in peace, his brain moving a mile a minute, cracking, throwing oh out. My God. Everyone's going to seem lazy oh compared my- to that. You know, he was a cosmic treat, man. That guy. Yeah. Mean. But it was like- just the, there was an electric there was an electricity in the air back in the day. And it's just not there you know you think it do you think we'll ever yeah. get it back i don't think so no well you're you're nope. gonna have to just fight the good cause then at your shows <laughs> um oh. uh well just to kind of keep it moving chronologically a little bit um i know a lot of our listeners you became a household name with like the mtv vj stuff and spring break and totally poly and all that stuff like how big was that for your career to you know enter living rooms as opposed to just stand-up clubs you know like that that sort of puts you on the map yeah, I mean, you know, again, you know, it, it's just a a timing thing. You know, I, I bring up Justin Bieber a lot because <laughs> like he well, no, he remember he was on the, the he was on the stairs and someone filmed him and they sent it to Usher, you know, and then all of a sudden Usher took took his career. And, you know, it, it, that happened. So for me, you know, that that YouTube video was MTV. So, you know, that's kind of where we were at the time in the early 90s. And when I got on camera, it just for some reason, you know, just resonated with people. And, and I don't know the answer and I don't know how it just did. I just was it's a timing thing. You know, it was like Justin on the stairs, you know, it's just like it was a timing thing. You know, he just did this video and he sang and and Usher saw it and he's like, man, this guy's the man, you know, so. <laughs> That's how it was back then. MTV was the, you know, was the biggest thing back then. It was, you know, it was where everyone wanted to go. It was, it was what all the kids were watching. And I was right there holding a microphone 
and um and yeah it was pretty cool and then the movies and and you know and then they say the rest is history but you know it did it it wasn't it wasn't as easy as people thought it wasn't like all of a sudden i got on mtv and then i hit my first time on mtv didn't didn't go well it was actually i got sent home from um spring break because i was so awkward and nervous and uncomfortable and didn't know what the fuck was going on it was my first spring break and but it was like Rocky, you know, you, you know, that's what life's about. You know, you fall, you get back up and you keep going. So I kept, I kept going and I kept going. And, and finally, eventually, you know, it just, it happened. So well, we're glad that we well, are glad you kept going because um, the Encino man is, is like a, a staple of my generation. I guess it came out in 92 and yeah, I know you'd done some TV stuff on, you know, 21 jump street and St. Elsewhere and married with children, et cetera, et cetera. MTV, of course you mentioned that, but like Encino man to me is with you and Sean Astin finding that game, man. That's just like classic early nineties stuff. It is a time capsule of, of just funny coming of age stuff. Um, how wild is it? I saw your Instagram post the other day after the Oscars, you know, congratulating your co-stars, Brendan Fraser and Kay Hui Kwan, both winning Oscars, I mean, that just got to be mind-blowing to to see your fellow Encino men co-stars uh, winning Oscar gold now. I mean, how thrilled were you watching that happen? That must have been just mind-blowing. Yeah, it's, you know, it's it's just, you know, I mean, Key has said it, you know, he said it, you know, you can never stop believing, you can never stop dreaming. And that's the thing with your listeners. It's like, you know, that's what this life is about. You know, this life is about dreaming and believing and, and, and everyone's going to tell you no. And everyone's going to say you're not you're not worthy or you're not good enough or you're not this or that. But you have to believe in you. And um, and that's what these guys did. You know, Brendan got the shit beat out of him for 20 years, you know, doing this or that or whatever he was going through. And then this director just out of nowhere called him up. It's one phone call. And the same thing with Key. So, you know, life is a weird i mean who thought covid would happen you know and right. and it's just a bunch of curveballs life is a bunch of curveballs yeah Man, yeah, that's a, such a good point. Brendan Fraser gets a call from Darren Aronofsky, and, or Key gets a call from uh, the Daniels, and 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 suddenly, and then I get a call for, and then I get a call from you, and then someone hears this in Washington, and they want me to run for president, just like that. <laughs> we we need you. These this is the craziest political time that that I can remember. We don't have to, you know, side drag into all that because I'm sure people are tired of it. But um, yeah, what what would a president, Polly Shore, uh, what would that look like? Well, the problem is, is if I ran for president with a straight face, I'd probably win. <laughs> probably. I have the liberals because I was raised at the comedy store and I got the rednecks because of son-in-law on MTV. And uh, and then I would bring the c- country together. I would unite it, not divide it. That would be my first my first uh, order of business was like, we got to stop fighting with each other because Fox News and CNN, it's too far left and too far right. And it's just, it's a fucking headache. You know, these people are both, both of them are just, they're terrible. You know, it's terrible. It's not, when I grew up, it wasn't like that, you know? Oh yeah. And even, I mean, we mentioned your early roles, like even in the time since then, it is just, I guess it's cable TV news, like you're saying and talk radio and stuff. Like none of that was so divisive back then. It is like, it is like people just trying to out extreme the other. And the truth of the matter, most people fall in the middle. Um, you're right. Exactly. Yeah. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing 
growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world, and the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms, and you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. You mentioned you got the son-in-law fans. What is the, other than Encino, man, because um, I, I mean, that's my personal favorite, but what is the one that most people come up? Is it son-in-law in the army now? Uh, probably Biodome, maybe. I mean, that I feel like you and Stephen Baldwin, that's probably the cult classic of, of all of them. Yeah, I think Biodome seems like the, the biggest cult classic, you know? And why do you think that is? Just the, the, the goofy premise of being, you know, this science experiment. Like, does that stick out in people's mind compared to the others? Or I, I don't know. Why do you think it is? I don't know. I mean, you know, that's what, you know, as an actor, I just kind of go off and I, I, in, 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 um, I become this character and I engage in it in the story and, and then I walk away. And then what happens after that? I'm not, I don't know. I don't, I don't have the answer. You know, I don't have the answer of why people resonated with that one. So I don't know. Well, do you have, well, so that's the pe- one that people resonated with uh, other people, but how about for you? What was, do you have any personal fun, you know, of uh, the most enjoyable being on set of any of those, you know, maybe not the end product or what people thought of it or whatever, but in terms of you on set, do you have one that, that you look back on it and smile as like the most satisfying? All those movies were great, but I think Polly Shore's Dead was my best movie. 20th anniversary, baby, mockumentary, 2003. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I think that was my best movie because, um, it was it was the first time that I had control of the whole thing, mm-hmm. you know, and and, you know, it was, it was fun to try to figure out what 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 the fuck it was and and the tone and and, you know, obviously, you know, painting the picture with all the cameos. And and I don't know, I think it just plays very real. And it, it I think it like it appeals to both sides, you know, um, I think it appeals to the liberals and the and the Republicans, you know. Now, how did you get all of those famous cameos? Because like almost everybody you can imagine agreed to do that documentary. It was it was a very luck of the draw. It was, you know, the, again, I, I bring back Justin Bieber. I bring back my timing with MTV. It was just a timing thing. It was the way the world was then. It was, you know, where I was in my career. And when I made the call to these people and and then once I got Sean Penn in there, that was kind of it because Sean Penn at the time was kind of like the, one of the hottest actors in Hollywood. And he, he always does stuff outside the box. So when I asked him to do it, he agreed. And once I filmed him and got him on tape, then I was able to kind of use that, to, you know, to get other to get other um, people in there and say, hey, I got Sean Penn. And they're like, fuck, really? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, look, there's Sean Penn. And then, and then from there, it just snowballed. And then it took about five years, you know, to make the whole thing. I think Britney Spears was the last interview of the cameos and we kind of like had enough. And then I, I just test screened it a lot. And it was just like, um, I don't know. It's therapeutic. It was, you know, I, I say Polly Shore is the, the first part 
uh, the second part of my career. But I've noticed uh, a trend of what you're saying is some of your biggest stuff is Paul. You know, you said Pauly Shore is dead, and I know you played yourself in Entourage, and then you did Pauly Shore stands alone. Like, do you find these days that playing yourself, you're almost a funnier character yourself than anything scripted? I mean, is that do you do you like just playing yourself? I think it's a case by case. I don't always want to play myself, you know, um, uh, you know, but these particular projects lent themselves for me to play myself. So, um, you know, it's a case by case uh, project to project. You know, I'm not married. I don't have kids. I don't have a wife. I don't have that whole thing that most people do. I have a dog um, and that's enough for me right now. You know, uh, you know, our days get shorter every single day and our time on this earth get shorter. So, you know, I want to, I want to spend my days and my time creating, um, you know, if I'm married with kids and all that, then, you know, I'm going to, um, divert my energy to that. And that's, you know, something that I'll lose, you know, you know, the, the other stuff and, you know, and, and, uh, you know, kids today, you know, I mean, I don't know what else to say. It's, uh, the whole other thing, you know, Hey, you do you, man. Hey, hey, what what's the what kind of dog you got? When what's the what's the dog's name? I'm curious now. His name's his name's Buster, and is half lab, half chow, half husky. He's a he's a great dog. He's like my guy, and and you know, and that's a lot. It's a lot of um, responsibility. We all have dogs, and you know when you the dog goes crazy when you bring your leash. You ever you ever like start to walk towards your door and you have your leash? It's like he's had, got a heart attack. He can't believe it. Oh yeah. The house. <laughs> oh yeah. Our dog liberty yeah. is the same way. It just freaks out. The second these they see you, you know, grab something that involves going for a walk, they're they're just going nuts. They don't know what to do with themselves. <laughs> yeah, um, my dog is so big. My dog is so big he walks me now. So I want to get a, a shock collar for him, you know, where you press the button and he chills the fuck out, you know? Yeah. Well, so so Buster's the one saying, Hey Polly, we're going for a walk. Come on. Pretty much. <laughs> Well, you've been more than generous with your time. Real quick, final seconds. What are your favorite comedies that aren't... We've talked a lot about your movies, but I want to know in the final seconds, like, do you have a favorite comedy of all time? Favorite comedy movie? You know, I remember Stir Crazy was great. I liked all of Eddie Murphy's stuff. Um, I don't know. Chris Farley's funny. Um, I like Will Ferrell movies. I like Sandler movies. I don't know. There's a whole bunch. Yeah. And Sandler just got the Mark Twain prize at the Kennedy center. So maybe some of that yeah, DC exactly. magic will still be here for your show. So, um, well, Hey, yeah. thank you so much for calling in. We appreciate this cross country call here. <laughs> Everybody get the tickets at DC comedy loft, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I'll see you guys this week, Washington, DC. I'm flying all the way from California. So I'm, I'm excited to come back to the Capitol. Probably sure. Thanks man. All right. Later, bud. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Our theme music is Scott Buckley's Clarion. Remember to give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time.
I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.